Can you look to a time in your life when the Lord has been your help? Perhaps in thinking about this question, some of you are reminded of a time uh, many years ago where this was especially true. Others might be dealing with trials right now, uh, and even this very afternoon cried out to God for help. Trials and pain are very real and very evident in our lives, and we're reminded of them daily. Even here at Del Rey over the past year, uh, in our own body, we've seen brothers and sisters suffer much loss, pain, and sorrow. As we read God's word and seek encouragement from the text regarding the trials of believers and, and wisdom, uh, we, we see examples given to us of men and women throughout the Bible who face incredible difficulty. One such man is David a man whose life was marked by hardship. Throughout his life, David was broken, devastated, and fearful, falling from the top time and time again. David was a guy that was thrust into fame by defeating Goliath and saving his nation from ruin. Uh, he was anointed as a young shepherd boy to become the future king of Israel and then became king and reigned for 40 years. Uh, during his reign, he committed adultery with Bathsheba and then murdered her husband shortly after. He was confronted by Nathan the prophet and told that his family would be cursed as a result of his sin. And Nathan was right. In the years that followed, David's daughter Tamar was raped by her brother Amnon her half-brother, and in retaliation, her brother Absalom, also David's son, kills Amnon. Then Absalom later revolts and tries to take the kingdom away from his father and dies shortly after. As we looked at David's life, we realized that in many ways, he's not unlike you and I. We don't have to be war heroes or leaders of our nation to see that David's suffering, whether in fear, shame, or regret, is, is really human. And in many situations, very relatable to things that we or, or those we love and are dear to us experience. When we consider David's life, the words in the Psalms he wrote come to life in a unique way. Our passage for tonight is Psalm 27, starting at verse 7, says... Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help. Cast me not off, forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. This is God's word. So our big idea for tonight is this. The trials that Christians suffer prompt us to seek Christ, desire communion with him, and illuminate our need for his help. I'll say that one more time. The trials that Christians suffer prompt us to seek Christ, desire communion with him, 
and illuminate our need for his help. So I want to focus on on three points from the passage. Uh, The first point is a plea to be heard. A plea to be heard. That's verses 7 and 8. Secondly, a desire for communion. That's the first half of verse 9. And and lastly, an acknowledgement of a Savior. In verse, verse 9 and 10. So our first point, a plea to be heard. In verse 7 and 8, David says, Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, Seek my face. My heart says to you, Your face, Lord, do I seek. So chapter 27 shifts dramatically from the confident praise uh, in the first six verses of the chapter uh, to an anxious cry for help to make sure that God does indeed hear David. He cries out for an answer. In verse 8, David displays that his heart's desire to seek the Lord's face is in tune with God's command for us to seek him. So scripture is filled with instruction for us to seek the Lord. Uh, In 1 Chronicles 22, verse 19, it says, Now set your mind and heart to seek the Lord your God. Delray, we must be consciously fixing our heart's affection upon God. In a Desiring God article, uh, John Piper writes uh, on continually seeking God, he says, His face, the brightness of his personal character, is hidden behind the curtain of our carnal desires. This condition is always ready to overtake us. That is why we are told to seek his presence continually. God calls us to enjoy the continual consciousness of his supreme greatness and beauty and worth. David called out to God with the expectation that he would be answered in his time of need. He says, Lord, you have said, seek my face. God is not a distant, disinterested, unconcerned father. We serve a God who loves us and has graciously invited us to seek his face. So praise God for that, friends. So uh, I love this. Charles Spurgeon commented on it uh, by saying, of of these two verses, we may expect answers to prayer and should not be easy without them any more than we should be if we had written a letter to a friend upon important business and had received no reply. Brothers and sisters, what ways are you pleading to God for his help? The opportunity we have been extended to seek God's face is not one that we should be taken lightly or with little expectation of outcome. We must expectantly have faith that God will hear our cries and answer according to his infinite wisdom. The invitation from the Almighty is, seek my face. So, as we seek God's face, we experience and deepen communion with him, which brings us to our next point, a desire for communion. So in the first part of verse 9, we read, Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger, O you who have been my help. Cast me off, forsake me not. In chapter 9, David uh, has established that he's in tune with God's command to seek his face. 
Uh, and he petitions the Lord to draw near to him with three petitions. Uh, the first one is, hide not your face from me. The second, turn not your servant away in anger. And lastly, cast me not off, forsake me not. So David wants to be sure that God does not hide his face from him, right? So when God hides his face, he removes his blessing. We see throughout the psalm a pattern of anxiety uh, from David regarding this. So in Psalm, one, in psalm 13, verse 1, David says, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? Psalm 44, 24, Why do you hide your face? Talking to God. In Psalm 88, verse 14, O Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide my face, your face from me? Have you guys ever felt like God is hiding? So some of you tonight might be feeling like this. It's not unique for Christians to, just like David, feel that in times of, uh, times of sorrow and despair that we've been abandoned. Uh, we see both in Scripture and in our own observations uh, that there is a loneliness that seems to accompany pain and sorrow. God's presence can at times seem distant or hidden altogether as suffering continues with no end in sight. So with that, not only is David anxious that God's face is, will be hidden from him, but he also wants to be sure that he's not going to be turned away in angering God. In, in verse 9 again, turn not your servant away in anger. David reminds the Lord that he's been his help time and time again. Uh, so despite his currently dire state, uh, he, he knows that God has been with him countless times, right? So when he was uh, a young boy fighting Goliath, God gave him victory. When he was fleeing Saul's pursuit over and over for his life, God kept sparing his life. So now he's pleading with God once again to help him. And uh, he, maybe he forgets or maybe he's just... Uh, hoping that God's not angry, and one last time, this is it for him, right? So in my own life, I've experienced God's help countless times, as I'm sure uh, you guys have as well. So for me personally, like David, there have been times where I felt like this actually might be the last straw. Here I am, I've blown it again, and I'm coming to God to ask for help. At this point, it really only seems appropriate for God to be angry, and turn me away. But praise God for his grace, forgiveness for undeserving sinners like me who can joyfully say, Lord, you have been my help. So finally, in verse 9, David fears what will happen if God cast him off and forsakes him. Similarly to how he is fearful of God hiding his face, there's also a similar pattern of anxiety around God forsaking him in the Psalms. So while it's easy for us to sit here and read this and question David's memory uh, after God has uh, over and over again proven, proven himself faithful, we have to admit that such a desire for communion with God is admirable. And so it's something that I, I believe we should strive for. We should reflect on when God has been our help. So think on that, and thank God for that. Take comfort in the fact that we serve a God who does not hide his face away in anger, in unconcern from his children, but rather a God who calls us to seek him and who is our refuge and strength. 
Many of us have seen that God uses life's trials to draw us to him and expose our helpless state. That's why we've got to remember that during the hard times we endure, uh, these might be being used by God to be some of the best things for us as the trials we face make us fully aware of our need for a Savior. Which brings us to our last point. An acknowledgement of a Savior. O God of my salvation, for my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take him in. So David realized he couldn't save himself, neither spiritually or physically. He wraps up verse 9 after pleading for God to hear him by addressing the Lord, saying, O God of my salvation. He knew that he could depend only on the Lord, and there was no question in his mind of who could keep him safe in his helpless state. So if you're here tonight and you're not a Christian, there's a good chance you've felt this sense of helplessness and need for a Savior. And we would, we would agree, right? So we, we see in the Bible that it tells us that we are all sinners, we've fallen short of God's glory, and we're hopeless without a Savior. We see that in Romans 3.23. In order for us to enter heaven and have fellowship with God, we know that we must be seen blameless in God's sight. For those of us here tonight that are believers, the need for a Savior, as you guys know, is very real to us also. We, like David, can truly say, the Lord is my salvation. He paid for our sins by dying on the cross, taking our sin and the punishment that we deserved, and was raised again on the third day so that we now can come before the throne of God and seen as righteous. So David in the Old Testament was able to look to God's faithfulness to Israel and his fulfillment of his covenant with them to deliver them to the promised land. And David was able to look to that and say, God has told me to seek his face, and I have, I have faith that God will fulfill his promise to me for that. Uh, because I can look back on God fulfilling his promise to Israel, who turned away from him time and time again. So for us as Christians today, living under the new covenant, we have an even more glorious picture to look at. Right? We have the cross and an empty tomb. Praise God for that. So friends, we must hold fast to that as we face trials in life. That assurance is a sweet reminder that we serve an almighty God who will finish the work that he began in us as his children. This promise is something that we must cling to as we continually seek God. So in closing tonight, uh, Delray, my desire is that you leave here praising God for a Savior that will not forsake you, that will not hide from you, and that will not turn away from you. A Savior that has called on you as a child of God to seek his face. Promises that he will never leave you and hear your cries for help and one that offers communion with you. Let's pray. Father, we come before you tonight praising you and thanking you for allowing us to seek your face. What a privilege it is 
for us to serve our Savior, who has time and time again been our help. Lord, we ask that you would give us strength uh, to endure trials in this world and that you would help use this body here, rally around those suffering brothers and sisters uh, to love and comfort them. We thank you, Lord, for your gospel, for the confidence that we can cling to as your sons and daughters. Be with us, Lord. In your precious name we pray. Amen.